Hello, and welcome to Rough's Ramblings. I'm your host, Justin, a.k.a. the Ginger Thriller, the podcast groupie, the Ginger Bear Heartthrob, the Sultan of Self-Deprecation, and one really, really tired wrestling fan. I wanted to thank everybody for joining me on this episode of Rough's Ramblings. This is going to be a special bonus episode as I look to get out my review of last night's VIP wrestling show. This was VIP wrestling. It is, I think, VIP underscore wrestling on Twitter. And it is probably one of the top wrestling promotions in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And it was a really, really fun night of wrestling. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the crowd and the show and the entire night. It was a wonderful show from start to finish. We had about eight matches, but somewhere in those eight matches, there were several gauntlet matches, so we ended up getting about uh, 16 matches out of it. So it was a really, really full night of wrestling. The, there was just so much there to be proud of for the makers of the show and for for all the workers involved from the main event to the security people. I did attend the local DFW All-Pro show last week, and I did not take notes that I felt were good enough, and also I was with my children. When I'm with my children, the last thing is what's going on in the ring <laughs> at times, and they kept me very busy that night. My little boy spilled water as soon as he could all over my foot. By the way, don't give a three-year-old a bottle of water. By the way, I'm going to not learn from this, and I will get him a bottle of water, and at some point he will drop it tonight. So, you know, there's that. But I really was not as dedicated to that show as I probably wish I could have been. And there were some really, really promising things about that show. And those involved, I shared with them their individual, my, my thoughts on their individual work. So the first match in VIP was uh, Steve Anthony taking on, well, this was going to be a gauntlet match for the championship. The people involved in this were ACH, Steve Anthony, Keith Lee, and then it was supposed to be A.R. Fox. Well, A.R. Fox somehow got himself double booked. I'm not sure how people do it. I'm, you know, it's his business. It's not mine. And unfortunately, VIP had to scramble to find a, suitab a suitable replacement for A.R. Fox. See, when you promise the lowest guy on the ladder, it doesn't take too much to replace him. When you promise A.R. Fox, you have to make sure that the replacement is worth it. Well, the night began with Steve Anthony taking on what would be 
A.R. Fox's replacement. Uh, if I may backtrack for a little bit here. The MVPs of the night were the security guards. The security guards are the wrestling students who are coming up in the wrestling business. And anytime somebody moved out the ring, there was the scrambling of people wearing all black to, I guess, be security. If you've ever seen an ACH match, that guy doesn't always stay inside the ring. So they spent a lot of time working. I teased one of the ladies about how they got their cardio for the night doing security. Back to the match. The the thing, okay, not back to the match yet. The thing I love most about VIP is that Keith Roberts, the ring announcer slash co-owner of the company, came out, thanked everybody for being there. He went over the ground rules. Pretty simple. First... No recording. Second, no is if a wrestler comes out of the ring and tells you to move, move. This is not going to go well for you. You are like a chair to them, and they are not, and VIP is not responsible. (laughs) And then the third thing was if you do. Sweet. After a two count, you will be asked to stop. And I absolutely adore the fact that they do that because when you do the two sweet, all I can think of is that you've never been near an adult woman's vagina uh, without having to pay for it. So I love the fact that they do that and I hope they forever continue to so to the first match i'm really getting there this time steve anthony came out with his uh, chavo guerrero poncho and of course steve anthony is has an incredible look and is an incredible talent and is one match in front of the right person away making it to the big stage he took the mic and cut a promo on the people of Arlington and Texas, which was was great. And he was announced as, and I'm going to have to remember to make this one explicit. He was announced as being from anywhere but the state of Texas, especially the shithole Arlington. Arlington's my hometown, but it's really funny when he does that. So he he got some props. They were going to unveil his opponent. And it was supposed to be A.R. Fox's place. And we got Lance Mother Effin Hoyt. So if you have never experienced Lance Hoyt, Lance Hoyt is six foot nine of badassery. He is huge. And when it comes to being in the Dallas Fort Worth area, he is a legend in the state of Texas. He has wrestled for TNA as he started out as Dallas, then just became himself and was a tag team with R Truth. 
back when uh, he was a member of TNA and also worked in the WWE as Vance Archer. Now he is a tag team called the Killer Elite Squad with the son of the British Bulldog, David Hart Smith, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's kind of a big deal. Well, he has been out the greater part of six months to six to nine months with a bad back injury. Well, nobody knew he was going to be the replacement for A.R. Fox. And it was a huge moment. The crowd lost their mind. Lance Hoyt came out and the crowd erupted. They started off with chops. And I got to say, I don't ever want to be chopped by Lance Hoyt. That's like my goal in life. Do not be chopped by Lance Hoyt. I was reading on Facebook today about an anti-bucket list. Being chopped by Lance Hoyt is one of the top things on my list. And I think Steve Anthony has the red chest today to prove to uh, prove it. So when they began the match, you're looking at Steve Anthony, who is not a small guy, but next to Lance Hoyt, pretty much everybody is. So you had Steve Anthony, Lance Hoyt, and the biggest question is, how is this match going to be believable? There's no way that power for power, Lance Hoyt is going to be equal with Steve Anthony. Steve Anthony is just not that big. So Steve Anthony's style took on being a heel and would make some low blows and had some uh, always found a way to to take the shortcut. And because he did this he was able to make this match look believable. I wrote down that I got my money's worth after this match. I didn't need anything else. This match was good enough for my redacted uh, amount of dollars that I spent. Steve Anthony then... Uh, was able to make a pin on Lance Hoyt by grabbing the tights. It looked believable, looked possible, was just brilliant. Well, the next participant in this match was ACH. ACH has so much charisma and energy and fire and is one of the most talented athletes in the United States. And I would put him really high as being one of the top athletes in the wrestling industry. And he and Steve Anthony had their match. You know, uh, Lance Hoyt laid him out. So you're thinking, oh, well, or laid Steve Anthony out after the match. You're thinking, oh, well, here comes 
ACH, he's just going to pin him. So ACH goes up to the top rope, does a frog splash on to Steve Anthony, and you think that this is over. Well, Steve Anthony lifts up the knees, so they ended up having a real match after all. Two guys fought a really, really entertaining match. There was the back and forth. Nobody, I don't think, really expected it to go this long because of the beat down from Hoyt. But Steve Anthony found a way to pull it out. However, he didn't find a way to pull off the victory. This victory went to... ACH. Then we got to see ACH versus Keith Lee. Now, sometimes there are wrestlers that they face each other and it takes them forever to get started. And you're like, oh, okay. So this guy's going to spend three hours walking to the ring before he locks up with a collar elbow tie-up. Um, <laughs> Rob Van Dam is one of those that first comes to mind. You know, takes Rob Van Dam an hour and a half to make it to the ring, do his poses, and then get locked up in the ring. Here, that was the case with this match, but every second of it was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in my life. And then when the wrestling actually started, it reminded me of the scene in the matrix when Morpheus is showing Neo the martial arts program. Somebody notices that's what they're doing and says, Oh my goodness, Morpheus and Neo are in the, uh, they're in the martial arts program and everybody runs over to see the two of these guys fight. This is what that match was like. Everybody who is anything in this wrestling in the world of professional wrestling needs to watch these two guys wrestle. If you want to know how to keep a crowd in it, these are the two guys that you watch. Yes, there was a lot of seriousness and a lot of near falls and a lot of athleticism, but there was a lot of comedy. Just the stare down was immensely entertaining between these two it was incredible I loved watching these two guys go at it and I have rarely ever done this but I gave that match a standing ovation I stand by this and I would do it again they are going to be offering some DVDs (laughs) ACH versus Keith Lee that's a reason to watch this DVD. So Keith was going to fight later on that night. So what they did is they took the intermission after the first match to give them a 
to give Keith time to recover for what would be the main event in the tag team. Keith is the champion, and he is the tag team champion. After the intermission, we had a West Texas triple threat. We had three guys from West Texas. We had Jake Logan, who does the Rob Van Dam uh, uh, pointing thing, and then says, I'm Jake Logan. And then we have Brad Sanders, who uh, I'm loving his work. He calls himself Mr. Discipline. I mean, that's just a gimmick that just doesn't need anything. It just starts, you lack discipline. And then there is Jason, uh, Justin Taylor. Uh, Justin is a very, very talented wrestler. And he is uh, one letter away from greatness, as his first name is. So the highlights of this match for me were we had a insane somersault dive onto one of the guys outside the ring. I enjoy Brad Sanders. He did uh, like he was going to dive, and as he was about to, he just flipped the crowd off. <laughs> crowd loved every second of it. Or, you know, booed with a kind of a smile on their face. Like, yeah, he pulled one over on us. And uh, all three of these guys are definitely worth watching. If they come to your town, definitely I would give them an opportunity. But uh, Justin Taylor is the one that you want to watch. He's going to be there in a few years. Wherever there is, I'm not entirely sure. But he's going to be there. In a few years, he did end up winning and uh, he's doing a lot of wrestling in the Dallas Fort Worth area. You know, keep an eye on that guy. The next match was Fuego del Sol taking on Graham Bell. I've only seen Graham a few times. I really like his gimmick. It comes out with the big bazooka gun and. It shoots off something. I haven't figured out what it is yet, but it shoots off something. It looks like looks like a t-shirt cannon or a confetti cannon, but or it's a lot bigger than that. I don't know. Uh, it comes out as the mercenary and is taking on Fuego del Sol. Fuego del Sol is probably one of the most entertaining guys in Texas. He just reminds me of early Rey Mysterio Jr. I forget. There's uh, you you have to distinguish between Rey Mysterio Senior and Rey Mysterio, who is who we all know from the WCW and WWE and six one nine. But to me, Rey Mysterio Senior still means something. Okay, excuse me, excuse my rant on uh, Rey Mysterio Sr. Uh, Fuego del Sol just reminds me a lot of Ray Jr. in his early career. Uh, reminds me a lot of early Mystico before they brought him in as Sin Cara and realized that he gets injured uh, every six seconds. A really good match between these two. Look, people, I was emotionally 
done after the four-way mat uh, after the opening gauntlet so uh, I, my note taking was not that strong at that point but great match between these two uh for the soul should be on your wrestling show if you're booking very talented guy That's all i'm gonna say fuego did win now, this next match was interesting. So, a legend in the Dallas Fourth area is a guy by the name of Lance Romance. Lance Romance has been a huge part of the Dallas Fourth area for, man, 20, 30 years. I remember going to the PCW arena with my mom and watching him. He has three wrestlers that he has taken under his wing. We have Sammy Guevara, Austin Theory, and Gino Medina. So Sammy has recently started working for TNA. I think I've said plenty about him in my life. He is about as talented a wrestler as there is. Austin Theory is wrestling for Evolve right now. And these three were taking on a tag team of TNA star Andrew Everett, my boy Orion Taylor, and Joey Garcia. I was kind of really pleased that uh, Taylor and Garcia got this opportunity. Usually this match goes to one of the more experienced guys, but two guys who are really talented and up and coming got to go in the ring against three other really talented guys. Uh, it's my first time to see Gino. I think there's something there with Gino. He is kind of like the piece of coal that you've got to press into a diamond and I believe with leadership around him that will happen but he's he's got some talent in the ring and then well let's see sorry trying to go trying to collect my thoughts on this one uh I was kind of surprised that Andrew Everett did as much work in this match as he did I expected you know he's the big name He's going to come in and make the other two guys do all the work, get the crap beaten out of them. But no, he was the guy who did all the faces and peril stuff. It was really, really, uh, I was really pleased to see that. He was well worth the money that he was paid. Uh, we had some incredible, insane stuff happen. It looked like, I think, Sammy and Austin Theory we're going to do, we're going to powerbomb Ryan Taylor off the ring posts onto two chairs that were at ringside. And I was really, really worried about my guy. But he was able to turn it around and did like a, a rock bottom, like a two-handed rock bottom on those two guys. Also did a shooting uh, standing shooting star press. Uh, one of the highlights of the night it was more of a good rib than anything. Was 
and uh, mom, if you're listening, please skip ahead about a minute. They introduced the International Players Club, the IPC, and then they were introducing the other team, and when they got to Joey Garcia, Sammy Guevara gave uh, Keith Roberts a piece of paper, and Keith Roberts read it and said, a, and said about Joey Garcia, this is a shittier Sammy Guevara. Now, my opinion, Joey is not a shittier Sammy Guevara. He is the Walmart version of Mark Wahlberg. And before you say John Cena is, John Cena, uh, John Cena's like two Mark Wahlbergs. But it was a pretty good rip. Pretty funny. But Joey Garcia's got some good stuff there. I have a, there's a Chris Benoit vibe that from his work, calm down, don't come at me, people. There's a Chris Benoit vibe that I get from watching him in the ring. Just the way he works reminds me a lot of him. And it ended up being the International Players Club winning the match. Uh, it was great to see Lance Romance out there. I might have had, I might have marked out a little bit nostalgia-wise for getting to see him there and back managing people again. At least managing ringside, you know, he's done an amazing job of mentoring a lot of wrestlers, most specifically Sammy. The next match after this one was probably a really big freaking deal. Was Lufisto, who is the current Shine champion, taking on our girl Machiko-san. Now... I met Lufisto two WrestleMania weekends ago. But when I saw her again Friday night, I got a little bit starstruck. She is such a legend in this industry. If you do not know the history of Lufisto, take a look at her. Do some research. Do your Googles. This lady has done everything in this wrestling industry there is to do. She was now, China was the first to really, I want to say penetrate, that's not the right word. China was the first to really break the male-female barrier. The you know, She was believable as an intercontinental champion. Lufisto did it on the indies. So back before there was Kimberly, back before there was Heidi, who is now Ruby Riot, and I forget what Kimberly's name is in NXT now. Back before Sarah Del Rey in Shikara, there was Lufisto in CZW. And she wrestled there as a believable contender for male titles. So you want to know why I got starstruck seeing Lufisto? That's why. Also, my daughter had a shimmer phase where she watched 
the DVDs religiously, and one of them was Lufisto and a lady you might have heard by the name of Kana, but that's not the name she goes by now. Her name is now Asuka. They had a tag team called Lucana. And were such an incredible force in the world of tag team wrestling. So when I see Lufisto, I mark out, and with good reason. And I had the same talk with her at last night that I did with at WrestleMania weekend that as a dad of a little girl, watching you being able to compete in the ring with other people, with, with men, and to be able to look believable and to be able to hold titles. That is where I take note and show my little girl, look, Lufisto can do it. So can you. So forgive me for having a little bit of a serious moment here. The match itself was Lufisto and Machiko-san. Lufisto is the current Shine champion. Shine is probably the number two women's promotion in, I want to say North America. Canada, if I'm wrong, stop me. She is the current champion there, and the belt believe it or not, is def- was defended last night in Arlington, Texas. It was a huge moment for Machiko. This was her being the hometown girl. Now she's usually the, the heel. She was the hometown girl. This was her moment. She had the opportunity to take on the Shine Champion for the belt in her hometown. So the match itself was pretty incredible. I mean... I don't think there's anybody there who thought that she was going to beat Lufesto for the championship of another promotion. But there were a few moments where we were like, is this really going to happen? Lufisto came in, killed Machiko, but Machiko also killed her too. It was... Uh, you know, there's a way of coming in and burying your opponent. And Lufisto did not. So it was a good competitive match. Made Machiko believable for the next time. She gets to take on a huge name. The fact that it was a semi-main event as a dad of a little girl made me very happy. So the next match was the main event. And it was a gauntlet match. And the winner of this gauntlet match was going to be new tag team champions. Winner of this gauntlet match was going to be new tag team champions. So we started off with the besties in the world. Uh, I am so out of the loop when it comes to indie wrestling. I did not know that Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett were now known as the besties in the world. I thought they were still the sex bombs. My apologies, guys. But 
we they started off against the certified G's, which was uh, Big Sed and Lou Starrett. Lou Starrett's tights are the best because they look like rompers. And so if there's ever any lull, all somebody out in the crowd has to do is yell out, rompers. And he is automatically paying attention to that. And in his defense, he had those tights before rompers were a thing. And again, sorry people, I blew my load in the first gauntlet match, so it was really difficult for me to take notes for this one. The besties ended up winning that one. And then there, they took on the tag team of the Vet Club, which this particular incarnation, is that the right word? Yes. Uh, incarnation of the Vet Club was APOC and Chris Hayden. I am very glad that my daughter was not there last night because she gets really tired. Uh, she gets really sad when uh, Chris Christopher Hayden loses. Uh, again, I was the, these guys wouldn't have their old school match taking on the besties in the world who are high flyers and so innovative, but they were not enough for the besties. The besties ended up taking them out. Out next came the Dot Mob. It was, they have kind of a New Day thing going on where it's any of the four of them that come out um, are wrestling. Uh, It was Jerome and somebody else last night. It was Jerome and I think Dante, if it was Utah, I'm sorry. Four really talented high flyers going at it. It was just everything you've ever wanted in wrestling. The dot mob proved to be too much for the besties, and they ended up taking that win. All right. Now, I am a smart wrestling fan, and I have been going to shows. Well, I've been a wrestling fan for 21 years. There's certain connections I can draw. Abyss was supposed to have a special mystery tag partner. And it was Abyss taking on, and I knew it because I saw him at the merch, signing autographs, selling his shirts. It was the unholy. Gregory James. So it was a little bit of a spoiled surprise for me because, you know, you're trying to go through the list of who have you seen in the crowd and why haven't they wrestled? And that's, that's, I had already drawn that connection in my head, but, for anybody that was a surprise, great. 
Uh, but yeah, so we had Abyss and Gregory James taking on the Dot Mob. The best way of describing this is at some point during the match, Abyss picked up Dante and Jerome. And Dante said, When Abyss picked me up to choke slam me, I think I saw Jesus. I'm pretty sure that's the best way of describing this, this match. So you had Greg, the high flyer, the, the striker, taking on Jerome, who's kind of a submission specialist, and then Dante, who's kind of a striker and, um, and a high flyer. <laughs> and then you have Abyss. So it was kind of a vicious and delicious combination. For those of you who remember Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell's team in the late 90s in WCW slash NWO. And I am, again, sorry that I brought up the fact that Buff Bagwell has ever existed. But Abyss and Greg were out there and they were fresher. And they were able to take the victory. So this left us with the unholy Gregory James and Abyss taking on the pretty boy killers, the killers of Shane Taylor and Keith Lee. At one point, there was a low blow or something close to a low blow. And Keith Lee, who was an enormous man, said to the referee, come on, tell me you can't see all of this. Because he kept on getting low blows. It was pretty funny. At this point, every move looked like this was going to be a finisher. Like, I don't see Abyss and Greg becoming champions, but Nothing this company does surprises me anymore. Wait. Or nothing would surprise me. Wait. This company never ceases to surprise me. There we go. That's what I want to say. And it was a incredible match between these four guys. Now, I thought we were going to have another match happen. I have sat near Greg's mom before. That woman is very passionate. And then I sat near Keith Lee. Or, excuse me, I did not sit near Keith Lee's mom. She was roaming around the room last night. And... It was looking like, uh, thankfully, they never locked eyes. But I was thinking for a while we were going to have Keith Lee's mom taking on Greg's mom. And so for anybody else who thinks that 
Keith Lee as the biggest, baddest man in the world is nothing compared with his mom. And he'd probably admit that. But uh, it was a little scary there for a minute. What are these moms going to do if they face? Come face to face. Looking at the... Oh, uh, then Keith and Shane Taylor ended up winning the match. Uh, looking at the the night as a whole... I loved watching this show. I mean, if you are a wrestling fan, get this DVD. Watch it. Watch it twice. It's got some amazing stuff on it. Where it's the shine belt defended in Texas. It's got ACH and Keith Lee. It's going to have one of Sammy Guevara's last matches before he's exclusive to another company. Allegedly, I hear rumors. So, this has got some good stuff on it. Um, thanks to the fans th- uh, for making it a very interesting interesting night Uh, thank you to all the wrestlers thanks to everybody from the top down for making it an exciting evening so if you're wanting to follow me you can follow me on twitter at justin ruff you can follow the podcast at ruff's ramblings if you are wanting to find me on instagram i'm at phil's fan ruff p-h-i-l-s and then you can uh Email me at roughsramblings at gmail.com. So thank you all for joining me. Until then, this is Justin saying keep it rough.